Hello and welcome to Astro Vibes. I'm your host, Karo, and this is an astrology podcast where I get down to the nerdy dirty details of this ancient language and sometimes about you. The goal of the show is to help you understand your birth chart as a tool for learning more about yourself. Astro Vibes is produced by an amazing team through ambientvibesmusic.com, a music blog that uplifts and exposes artists through its platform. We have our own page on the Ambient Vibes website, which I highly recommend you check out. You can do a bunch of things on there, like generate your birth chart, book a reading with me, buy our cute merch, and even ask a question to be featured on a future Q&A episode. Also, it really helps the podcast if you rate and review it on whatever podcast platform you're listening through. We love feedback, and it helps expose the show to new people. Throughout the season, I've been doing segments about the different moon signs by Element. You can check out episodes 4 and 5 of season 2 this season for our intro to the moon and fire moons episodes. Today, I'll be talking about the air moons, or Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. I always think of the breath when I think of the air element. Our breath enables us to live, think, move, communicate, and cope. Once it's out of our bodies, it can't be contained. It circulates around us freely until some of our breath mingles with another's and ends up in someone else's lungs. Or an animal's. (laughs) The air element is about exchanges, interactions, and the relationships we form through them. Air moons need their relationships like they need to breathe, and they're really good at creating connections. Each of these signs value different types of relationships, which I'll get into when I talk about them individually. They also value coming to thoughtful conclusions and thinking logically about things. Air moons feel safest when they have open lines of communication with important others in their lives. The trap that they can fall into is talking through and analyzing their feelings too much as a way to get out of truly feeling them. As the water signs know, there are some things you just have to feel your way out of, and air signs, especially air moons, are less likely to react to their emotions that way. Even though I'm generalizing in these following descriptions, It's important to know that there are many different kinds of Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius moons out there. You can learn what kind you are by checking out the house that your moon sign falls in. This will tell you about what area of life might come up the most for you when it comes to your childhood or your emotional responses. You can also look at the house that the moon rules or whatever house Cancer falls in your chart. This shows you another area of life that's intertwined with the house that your moon is in. In the birth chart, both of these houses are intimately involved with everything that the moon represents. For example, if you're a fourth house Gemini moon with Cancer as your second house, this gives me the vibes that you feel safest in your home, family, and private life, the fourth house, especially when you're surrounded by familiar possessions and things that align with your values, the second house. When stuff comes up related to one of the houses, it will usually also involve the other one. So it's important to pay attention, especially if you're looking at transits to your moon. 
Also, look at the aspects you have to your moon because they'll tell you about the emotional experiences, blessings, and challenges you may have, especially in the earlier part of your life. The aspects help characterize your moon, what parts of you it clashes with and vibes with. If you have any aspects to your sun, these are super important to understand better because they tell you about the relationship between your inner self, the moon, and your outer self, the sun. For example, if your moon is in Libra and your sun is in Gemini, that's a trine aspect because they're separated by about 120 degrees. The moon and the sun are in the same element. They're flowing and in harmony with each other. They like the same things. They act the same way. Your outer and inner expressions are aligned, and as air signs, they're both rooted in relationships. Aspects between the sun and the moon are also representative of the relationship between your main caregivers, so that's interesting to think about too. The heteronormative version of looking at them this way is where the sun is your father and the moon is your mother. I encourage you to queer this perspective. And think of the sun as an important caregiver who had more authority and power in your life, and then the moon as the person who was more nurturing and emotionally present for you. Because, of course, not everyone has two parents or two parents of different genders, etc. You can also look at the sign in house for more information about who it might represent. So, like, for example, um, my dad is a Libra sun and moon. And so, and I'm a Libra sun and like all the aspects kind of reflect our relationship. So I'm like, okay, this is a, this is my dad. <laughs> um, and then my mom is the Capricorn moon. Um, so for some people, it can be harder to figure out which caregiver is which luminary. And then for others, it's going to be really obvious. So have fun figuring that out. That was a tangent. Yeah, so if you want to delve deeper, look into those pieces of your chart, the houses, and the aspects. Now let's get into the general vibe of each of these moon signs. We'll start with Gemini, which is mutable air. If you have a Gemini moon, you come home to a self that wants to use their mind and be in dialogue with someone. Ruled by Mercury planet of mind, information, communication, and technology, you might derive comfort from spending time with your thoughts and ideas and sharing them with other people. Gemini moons really value having a full social life with friends from different groups and walks of life. They're the social butterfly of the air signs, and they value friends they the way that they would value a sibling or family member. Gemini loves intellectual exchanges, and with it as your moon sign, these exchanges are integral to how you process your emotions. You need a sounding board, or several, to feel physically and emotionally at peace. These could be people you talk to about things or other communicative outlets, like journaling or drawing about your thoughts and feelings. This could also look like sharing a lot on social media if that floats your boat. And with the Gemini moon, which loves to consume all forms of media, I'm going to assume it does. Growing up, you may have learned from a caregiver to be curious about your feelings and ask a lot of questions about them. Maybe less learning about how to feel them and sit in them. And some self-care tips for Gemini Moon. 
One helpful coping strategy could be reaching out to a variety of people when you're too in your head about something. Having multiple perspectives and conversations about what's going on in your brain is part of your emotional process, so don't forget that as a basic tool. Next, learn about stuff. It's your shit. You might be the person that watches baseball documentaries for fun, and you don't even like baseball. It doesn't matter because it's taking in information, which helps to bring your energy back. And one last thing I thought of with Gemini moons being ruled by Mercury is the importance of getting out into the world physically. Mercury, Hermes, right? The little shoes with the wings on them, running around really fast. Fast sign, or fast planet. Um, So if you're feeling drained, you might really benefit from a little walk or a drive around town to clear your head. Next, we have Libra, cardinal air sign. If you have your moon in Libra, you come home to a self that wants nothing but to be in relationship with someone one-on-one, whether that's a roommate, a parent, or a partner. Libra moons recharge by relating with a trusted other. Ruled by Venus, Libra moons are soothed by beauty in in all its forms, especially in the form of communication and human connection. The challenge of this moon sign is that there can be an inclination to put others' needs or just the relationship's needs before your own. You feel most comfortable when everyone is happy and getting along, and you're very sensitive to when the balance is off. Libra moons are great people to talk to if you need to hear a balance of perspectives on your issue because they know how to listen, help you feel comfortable and seen, and they need that in return. The moon sign needs to feel like things are going harmoniously to feel safe. But that doesn't mean that Libra moons don't appreciate a good argument. You're still an air sign, stimulated by ideas and discussions, even the more verbal sparring kind. Libras are infamous for not being able to make up their minds, but really it's because they can see all sides of things and they need time to deliberate. As a Libra moon, you might have a hard time with making emotional decisions especially under like a time constraint. It's possible that when you were younger, you played some sort of mediator role in your family, or at least you felt the pressure to do that. For Libra moons, self-care could look like making sure you're getting enough time with your loved ones and doing your best to create a beautiful, serene home environment. Having pretty things to look at makes your moon sign happy. Also, Since partners of all kinds play such a large role in your emotional and physical needs, make sure you're communicating about where you're at with them and not avoiding those feelings because of the risk of conflict. On that note, just as much as you need people, you also need balance. It might be tempting to always want to be with somebody, but the space to yourself actually gives you the time for thinking and processing that you could use. Just try being more selfish. In terms of your time, your energy, your love, splurge on yourself. Even if it's just buying that cute cat mug from the dollar store. I did this the other day, and I highly recommend drinking morning coffee from a cat mug. It has ears. They're going to break one day, but I haven't dropped it yet, so we're good. Anyway, these little acts of self-love add up, and they slowly teach you how to put yourself first. Libra Moon. And last but not least, we have Aquarius, the fixed air sign. 
If you have an Aquarius moon, you come home to a self that wants to be left alone to ponder whatever you're concerned about at the time. Aquarius is the most logical-minded and emotionally distant of the air signs, and it shows in the way these moons need their space. Traditionally, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, the planet of time, boundaries, limitations, and hard work for long-term benefit. In the modern system, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, planet of change, eccentricity, and sudden upheavals. Aquarius moons enjoy structure, but they aren't going to be happy in an imperfect one. As an Aquarius moon, you may feel safest when you can participate in growing and improving the systems that you're a part of. You need ample time to figure out what you think about an issue. You might feel emotionally at peace when you feel like you've found the best possible solution to a problem. Aquarius moons can be very inventive, and they think of things in ways that other people don't. This, though, is also a potential pitfall. You might have a tendency to think that you're always right, and with good reason because your decisions and ideas are so thoughtfully formed, but other people have good ideas too, and it could benefit you to hear them out especially when it comes to issues related to your feelings. Also, your safe relationship space is in groups of people and those who feel like intellectual allies. This is why Aquarius moons are really sensitive to feeling left out of stuff and they want to be a part of the greater collective, even if they feel like they stick out sometimes. Some self-care tips that Aquarius moons might benefit from are as follows. First, Alone time is crucial. Schedule it if you have to, and I have a feeling that you own a frequently used planner. Spending time by yourself intentionally is vital to your thought process. The other part of it is going back to the people you trust and then processing what you thought about. You might forget to do the last part sometimes, and this is your friendly reminder not to, because without it, you might overlook an important perspective. Next, It might be helpful to put your solution-finding brainy brain to work in a recreational way, like doing a crossword or wordle, which is fun. I just started doing it like four days ago, but it's really cool. Thank you, my friend Audrey. Shout out to Audrey, who I read her chart in one of the episodes last season. Leo Rising, I believe. Great person. All right. Um, So do a wordle if you haven't. This could help you unwind and put your busy mind to rest for some time. Also, find ways to intentionally feel your feelings, because that might not come naturally to you. This can be done by forming relationships, which you're good at, with people, and people who this does come more naturally to. That's right, water signs. I'm talking about you, babies. And even earth signs, because they're more connected to their bodies and like the material world grounding. And honestly, fire signs would be helpful too with helping you take action on all the thoughts going on in your crazy little brain. Bottom line, having emotionally attuned people in your life and listening to them could be really soothing for you Aquarius moons. And those, my buddies, are the the air moons. I hope it helped you learn something about yourself or a friend or that hot person who gave you their birth information. We all have that person. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so after the break, we're going to get into this week's transit time. Stay tuned for that. 
And on this break, you're about to hear Anna Bates, an artist from the Ambient Vibes Music community. Talk to you in a bit. Well, I might dig up Elvis so travel the states Bathing margaritas and then just sit and wait Oh, I think I go speeding in the 405 Bury my lovers, evaluate I Oh, I'd break into Cher's house to try on some clothes Probably drink more and then decompose Or maybe I'd settle on the silent west coast Steal all the jewels, top to Julia's post But even before I did all that I planned I'd probably go crazy and then I'd turn mad And I'd give me some pills that probably wouldn't work And that'd be the end of the last man on Earth Here we are again for another week on this planet called Earth. I hope you've been enjoying this transit time segment I've been doing. I truly have no idea what people think of it, but I've been having a really fun time creating them. Transit tracking is part of my daily routine, and it's cool to be able to form my own interpretation of the week and share it with you. If any part of what I'm talking about resonates, or if you have a story to share related to any transits, please go to the Astro Vibes page linked in the show notes to send us a little message about it. It would be so cute, and then we can feature it on the show if you say that's okay. Okay. So this week's transits aren't too intense, except for the one that is. But there are still vibes. Lots of vibes. Also, all of them are building up to a full moon in Sagittarius next week. I won't go into that until our next episode, but I want you to keep in mind that the lunar energy is building as we go through these alignments. Let's get into the transits for Friday, June 3rd to Saturday, June 11th, 2022. On Friday, June 3rd, Mercury stationed direct at 26 degrees Taurus. Mercury started its retrograde on May 10th in Gemini, which it will return to on June 13th. Over the past few weeks, you may have noticed some extra communication issues, problems with technology, and just a bunch of little delays or frustrations. When a planet goes retrograde, the parts of life that the planet rules experience a shift. On the chart, a retrograde looks like the planet going backwards compared to everyone else, retracing its steps through the degrees that it has recently passed. That's what life asks of us during retrograde periods, to reflect and review the choices that we've made lately. They're an opportunity to make revisions that you might not have thought about when it was direct. Sometimes this happens via going through confronting situations related to the planet and house that it falls in for you. And now the vibes in the sky are changing again, bringing more forward motion to our lives. You might see issues that have come up in the past few weeks clearing up or starting to clarify, especially ones that have to do with mercurial things like communication, travel, or technology. But we're not quite out of the cosmic woods yet. A lesser known fact, which applies to any planet that retrogrades, is that before and after the retrograde, there's something called a shadow period, which elongates its effects. Here's a nerdy dirty detail for you from astrologydictionary.com. A shadow period is defined as a specific period of time that occurs both before and after the retrograde period of a planet, starting when the planet first passes 
the degree of the zodiac that it will eventually retrograde back to, and ending once it eventually passes the degree that it originally stationed retrograde at. Because Mercury moves so quickly, its shadow periods only last about two weeks, but for the slower-moving planets like Jupiter through Pluto, they could begin months before it actually stations retrograde. More of this story is that Mercury is starting to go direct again, which is great, but we'll still see some of the things that were coming up during the retrograde until it's out of its post-retrograde shadow on Saturday, June 18th. I said retrograde a lot. Think of these next few weeks as the outro of the song, an opportunity to tie up some loose ends and get closure. The day after Mercury's station direct, on Saturday, June 4th, 2022, Saturn stationed retrograde <laughs> at 25 degrees of Aquarius. So one out of retrograde, one back in retrograde. It will stay retrograde until October 23rd, 2022, traveling back until 18 degrees of Aquarius, and then moving forward over those points again. Speaking of shadow periods, its pre-retrograde period started on January 23rd, 2022, and its post-retrograde shadow will end on January 25th, 2023. So, what can we expect? Well, first, things have been shifting already, and that energy is going to be with us for a while all the way until earlier next year. Themes that Saturn rules, such as time, boundaries, limitations, commitments, and responsibilities, are about to come into question more intensely. We may experience struggles related to the Saturn archetype, like someone trying to limit our freedom or feeling exhausted from taking on a lot of work. Whatever house Aquarius falls in for you will tell you about which part of your life needs a review. This retrograde is especially interesting for anyone who has their Saturn in Aquarius, because you're in your Saturn return right now. The challenges and accomplishments coming up for you will probably be really important markers in your life. And the re this retrograde is asking you to think about how have you been doing so far on your Saturnian journey. So a little more about the Saturn return thing. We all have a Saturn return every 29 years or so. And it's the moment when Saturn makes it full circle around the zodiac wheel to the degree where Saturn was at when you were born. Many astrologers, including me, see this as a process that starts when Saturn en enters the sign that it's in your birth chart, and then it crescendos as it gets closer to the degree of your Saturn. It's a time period that's about reviewing the life that you've built up to that point, and it can be difficult depending on how Saturn is placed in your chart, or it can be like a really good time of really good accomplishments and milestones. Or both. Honestly, it's probably both. The themes that come up during this time tend to revolve around what house Saturn falls in for you and the aspects being made to it. Me and all my Saturn and Aquarius babies have been going through this since December of 2020. Extra special shout out to anyone who has their Saturn between 18 to 25 degrees of Aquarius, like me because those are the points that Saturn's going back over. And that means we're gearing up for the second hit of our Saturn return. So when it goes back to our natal Saturn, and then it'll go back over it one more time. We get three Saturn returns. Aren't we special? Basically, with Saturn retrograde, 
This heavy, hard work you've been doing in your Saturn return process since December 2020 is going to become more internalized rather than feeling like things are pressing down on you through external events. Instead, it'll be like your mind pressing down on you, which is not really better. <laughs> but I wouldn't expect a lot of outside action to happen related to the house that Saturn falls in for you, like getting a promotion or getting recognized for something that you created or like starting a fabulous relationship. These things could all still happen, but less likely, I would say. It's more of a time for a, rev a review within the review. Saturn is telling us to take time and really deliberate over what's worth working towards in this next cycle and what's needing to be left behind. On Friday, June 10th, 2022, Mercury, direct, in Taurus, trines Pluto, retrograde, in Capricorn, at 28 degrees of those signs. Because Mercury was just retrograde, this is the third time we're going to have this transit in the past few months. The first time was on April 28th, and then it went back over on May 25th. When transits happen multiple times like this, they're asking us to pay attention to them. Mercury trine Pluto is about motivation to go digging and uncover deep truths or even secrets. It makes us curious, reflective, and open to transformation. No communication will feel casual around this time. Everything will have a depth to it. It's an earthy aspect, so that tells us that it'll probably manifest in the material world somehow. Um, so one weird example I have is like, Maybe you're literally, you've been an archaeologist and you've been on a dig, digging in the ground. And then like you've been making discoveries on each of these days. Um, and then at the end, like at this, on Friday, when we have this aspect, some big thing happens that ties things together. It never happens as neatly and cutely as that, unless it does, which it does. So yeah, that's just an interpretation. Um, because this is the last of the trines, yeah, there might be a sense of completion around an important communication that's been developing over the past month or so, involving the Taurus and Capricorn parts of your chart. Maybe, again, Earth signs. Maybe it's written on paper, on a computer. Maybe it's sung, Taurus rules the throat, or spoken. So, just some examples. Let me know what happens for you. And then... On Saturday, June 11th, we have a big aspect of the week called Venus conjunct Uranus at 16 degrees of Taurus. There's some background here about Uranus and Taurus, and I'm going to attempt to do a long story short. Long story short, Uranus moves slowly, so it stays in a sign for about seven years before it changes into a new one. And whatever house Uranus is going through in your chart, it's probably going to have a little havoc wreaked over it by this planet, which is all about upheavals, breaking things down to make something new, major changes, chill stuff like that, you know. Uh, go ahead and check out which house Taurus is for you in your chart. And again, you can always go to the Astro Vibes page to generate your birth chart for free. So since 2020, Uranus has been transiting through this Taurus part of your chart which is an interesting place for this planet to be, considering that the sign values stability and resists change. 
So this is a part of you that doesn't like what Uranus is bringing to the table, but they've had to coexist and they're learning and you're learning how to break the mold kind of in a way that surprises even you probably. So I know for me that this timeline lines up pretty well with some big changes that happened in my life related to these first house topics, like my identity, my body, my persona. And I actually count this podcast as part of that now. (laughs) That's cute. So until it goes into Gemini in 2026, Uranus will continue to break down and rebuild this part of your life. So that's Uranus. It's moving slowly through Taurus and Venus is quickly approaching it. Whatever area of your life that has been getting a chaotic makeover by Uranus is about to experience a powerful dose of sweetness. This conjunction happens every year or so, so it's nothing super special, except for the fact that Venus is in her home sign for this one, so her powers are extra strong. Because it involves Uranus, this transit could bring unexpected surprises. And with a benefic planet involved, they could be nice ones instead of shitty ones, which you can get with other Uranus transits. Venus brings love, harmony, beauty, and money wherever it goes. And when combined with Uranus in the sign of Taurus, Earth sign again, it gives me the vibes of a volcano exploding, but the magma is glitter. You get me? So this Saturday... Make explosive art, especially material arts. Receive flashes of inspiration from witnessing beauty. And get sweaty on the dance floor. Maybe make out with someone. I don't know. You do you. Just stay open and trust that Venus has your back. On this break, you're about to hear Anna Bates, an artist from the Ambient Vibes Music community. Talk to you in a bit. That was transit time for this week. Please send me your Venus Uranus surprises because I'm so interested in what that's going to bring people. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Astro Vibes, a podcast where I have gotten down to the nerdy dirty details of air moons and this week's transits. Maybe next time, it'll be about you. Don't forget to check out Anna Bates, who we played on our break, and visit the Astro Vibes page on ambientvibesmusic.com for more astrological fun. Also, rate and review us, because that's nice to do. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.